Hello, and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson, and I'm the founder of Core Women, and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Raven Cooper. Raven is a spiritual coach and healer who is on a mission to breed peace and love within the hearts of all people that cross her path. She serves as a guide to connect people to the deepest aspects of themselves that have been hidden away by the trauma that they've experienced in their lives. We have so much to talk about, Raven, so let's get right into it and welcome. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you so much. You have such an interesting story, Raven. Let's start with how you came to be a spiritual coach and healer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a lot to talk about. So, um, I guess I'll start off with telling you a little bit about my story. Um, so when I was 19 years old, I was on a very self-destructive path and I ran away from home. And I know that at age 19, um, you know, people don't usually run away from home. They kind of just move out. But whenever I tell this story, I, um, I always say that I ran away from home just because of the nature of how I did it. I kind of just, um, got up one day and packed the bag and just left. And I had always prior to my self-destructive path, I had always been a healer, a natural born healer. Um, and when I say healer, um, I mean, just a person who is very in tune with other people, who is very connected to other people, um, who is able to just love them fully and, and basically with love, emotionally heal other people's wounds. Um, I always, you know, um, whenever, when I was a kid prior to my self-destructive path, um, I would find animals, um, who were dying or wounded and I would just take them and, love them and nurture them and, and, you know, heal them basically. And, um, so eventually, you know, along my teenage years, I went into a very self-destructive path and ran away from home when I was 19 years old. And I ended up, you know, going down an even more self-destructive path after I ran away from home, um, and ended up homeless. I ended up completely homeless. I had a near death experience and woke up in a very strange place um, that I had never expected myself to be in after a near death experience. I was like semi-conscious and I woke up in this place. It, it was like this, it seemed like a self-governed society, um, to me. And the reason why is because there was no, there was no, um, there was nobody governing this society. It was this, um, place in, the city I was in and there was nobody governing this society of people. Um, I just kind of woke up there and it was a giant brick room of people. It was mostly men. And I woke up in this place and I took a look around. I walked around um, and everybody kind of looked like Vikings to me. They looked like they had just um, been through war and 
they, they, some people were missing limbs, other people, um, you know, had all of their limbs and, and it was self-governed in a sense where, um, the entire section of the city just ran itself. Like they kind of operated like a tribe. It's really, sometimes it's a little bit challenging to articulate this story because for a very, very long time, I thought that people would think that I was making this up. Um, and then sometimes I think that when I tell my story, it kind of sounds like a cult, um, but it wasn't a cult. It was just a group of people that operated like a tribe. And basically people there it was self-governed so whoever was the most powerful person in the room was the leader um like there was no titles given it was just whoever was the most powerful person whoever was the most dominant was the leader and it was dominated by mostly men like it was mostly men i think there were about eight women um including me and so whoever was the most powerful was the leader and now i came in there half dead unconscious um, I think they, that I either walked in or they like found me and brought me in to this, you know, secluded section of the city where they lived in. Um, and I, after I got better, you know, they like kind of nursed me back to health. And after I got better from my, my physical trauma that had happened to me and everything that had happened to me, um, I started basically just really authentically connecting with people who lived there, um, in this so-called tribe, I would get a little bit more into that part of the story, but for the sake of time, I will leave it at that. So I, I started connecting authentically with people and I started talking to them and I would ask them like, you know, what brought them here with their, you know, I would be interested basically, um, a big way to connect with people, I feel like, is to just take interest in who they are, where they come from, what their world is about. And, and so I connected with people and I authentically was intrigued by them and asked them questions. And people started to see that I really genuinely want to know about them and who they are. Um, and people would start to open up to me. Now, when people would open up to me, this place was for people who were just lost. Like it was a, a self-governed tribe created for people who were just totally lost in life. Um, it actually ended up being a non-military. I found out later, um, mm -hmm. you know, during my stay a few days after I got there that it actually ended up being like a non-military boot camp too. It was a really strange and crazy experience, but basically when these people would open up to me, they would start sharing these stories with me of all of this trauma that they've been through. And people shared some really crazy things with me about things that they've been through in their lives and the reasons what, what had them end up there. And I remember there was like, for example, there was this one guy who his name was, we called him Bob the Head. And he was there. I'll never forget this. He was there because he just got out of prison doing, I think, 25 or 30 years in prison for cutting off a guy's head. And he, he was open about it because he still felt justified for his actions. Um, but I would show up to these people, you know, when they would tell me stories like that, I would show up to these people without judgment. And basically, you know, I, I would ask them about 
what made them do that and start what I was doing was I was actually coaching them, but I didn't know at the time that I was coaching them. Um, I was just kind of talking to them and trying to resolve the underlying issue of why a person would do such a thing or, um, you know, what kind of trauma could have caused a person to turn out the way they did. And I did this intuitively and I did this without, without, you know, really, I I just kind of, it came naturally to me, um, naturally and intuitively to me. And so people would tell me all kinds of crazy stories. And before you know it, um, I was just connecting with everybody. I would, you know, I was basically coaching everybody without knowing that I was coaching them. People were starting to heal from these emotional wounds that plagued them for years and years and had them end up in a place where they lived in this, you know, self-governed society there to kind of, I guess, protect themselves. Um, and I would start healing people's emotional wounds. Um, and it was very, very powerful for people, people. Um, and now I was telling you in the beginning, when I started sharing this, um, whoever was the most powerful actually rose to leadership. There was no titles. There was no, um, you know, there was no positions given, whoever was the most, could reach people most effectively rose to leadership. And so there were leaders, there were many leaders there that were there for like five years, six years, um, however many amount of years that they were in, that they had put themselves in positions of leadership. And now I had just came in here and some of these leaders were also very, very corrupt. Like they would do things like it, which it, it was just a very corrupt style of leadership. Like they would do things that were just morally not right to me. Um, so I also started standing up for what I believed in and standing against these leaders. And eventually at some point it, it got to a point where People were actually, they started turning away from these leaders and turning to look at me for answers because I had connected with them so deeply and profoundly that they actually didn't want to, I guess, follow the original leaders. And they started to look to me for answers. And I had no idea at the time how powerful I I was or how powerful I could be. I was just, I came into this place and I was, you know, I kind of just ended up there and I was being myself. And I learned a great deal about leadership. First of all, that leadership is just all about connecting with other people authentically and impacting them in great ways. And so that's what I did. And, um, you know, that was kind of, I, so I was always to answer your question that you originally asked me, I don't know if this answers that, but, um, I was always kind of very intuitively, very, very, very much intuitively, um, a healer and a person who just loves people with all my heart. Um, and I always believed that I was put on this planet to heal people. But I really, when I went through this experience, I really came back into that knowing that intuitive knowing that I had of like who I was, um, and that I am meant to heal people. So that kind of, um, started my journey of, of, you know, helping people through their trauma. Right. Okay. So I have a couple of questions. Thank you so much for that explanation of, what your journey looked like and what you went through. But I do have a couple of questions because it's a very interesting story. And 
just so that the listeners know, I did read your bio. So I came in this with some information and we have spoken before. So now when you were a child, you began your healing process as a healer yourself. And then as that progressed, something happened where you then started being impacted by your own trauma and things changed for you. Then you then had your own trauma. You left the house, you went through some things and then you found yourself in this place. Now, was it ever brought to your attention or did you ever find out how you got there? Yeah. So, um, I did, I did go through a lot of my own, you know, trauma. I would a lot of times take on a lot of people's trauma. And now when we are in any position in our lives, anywhere we go, whether, you know, we're children and we're kids in school, or we have parents who mistreat us, whether it's intentional or unintentional, um, whether we have friends who mistreat us, whatever the case may be, we are taking on other people's trauma. Um, because anybody who is mistreating anybody is projecting their trauma onto you, projecting that energy, that stuck energy onto you. So a lot of times I would just find myself in situations where I was just taking on a lot of everybody's trauma um, because I didn't know how to kind of just take it in without taking it on, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't know, I mean, I was a kid and, and I remember like as a little kid, even, um, you know, very, very little kid. Um, I don't remember how old I was, but I was a very, very, I was a small child saying that I came to this planet to heal people. And I came to this planet to, um, breed world peace. And people didn't understand how I even knew that as a child. Um, so I believe, and this is, this is my own, you know, personal belief that I have been, and this is a more spiritual belief that I have been on this planet for lifetimes, um, and just keep coming back to heal people. But that, that is my own, um, personal belief, but yeah, I, uh, definitely, I definitely did, um, take on a lot of people's trauma if that answers your question. And, So when I got to this place, I, you know, I ran away. I think that, um, it was also a lot for me to handle just always being around people and in situations where I felt as though I need to take on people's stuff. So I think that, you know, at some point I, I took on my own trauma, um, a lot of trauma and, when we take on our own trauma and then go out and, you know, do what I did, like run away and and get into self-destructive patterns, we create more trauma. Um, So that's actually eventually what I did. I created more trauma for myself. And I did, um, to answer your question, I think you asked me if I ever found out how I got to this place. So in small, um, I was like, half unconscious. I was semi-conscious. I wasn't all the way conscious. Um, I do remember going in and out of consciousness though. Um, and I, I think that I just walked in. Um, but I, I, 
I do remember going in and out of consciousness, walking in, and then at some point I was completely unconscious and I actually woke up across three chairs. Um, and I woke up in this like concrete kitchen and I looked around. It just didn't look like, it didn't look like somebody's house. Um, it didn't look like a, a, um, restaurant or anything. It looked, it looked very strange. I woke up in a concrete kitchen and when I walked out of the kitchen, I was in this giant brick building with like one light bulb. Um, and then I walked around some more to like kind of explore where I was. Like I said, everybody looked like Vikings. There were people with like missing limbs. To me, they looked like Vikings. I mean, I don't know, looking back at it, <laughs> they probably um, didn't look like Vikings, but when you're just waking up from like an unconscious state and there's all these people with like tattoos on their faces and they're all met, like they look like Vikings, but it's interesting because I actually didn't feel unsafe. Um, I had gotten myself to a point in my life where I had been through so much. I lived on the streets prior to this and I had been through so much that I trained myself instinctively. Like we all have survival instincts and I trained myself to know when I'm in an unsafe situation versus when I'm in a safe situation. So I actually didn't feel unsafe. I felt very safe. Um, It was just a very strange place to wake up. And so I walked around and like, it was the whole, it was just this whole, I think like blocks blocks of the city I eventually I went outside and I realized I was in a city there was like this fence with barbed wire on it around us and so but I wasn't confined because I it was obvious to me I could just walk out um but it was it was strange um because it just was like blocks and blocks of of these people um of this place of these people and there was no like name for it for me to be able to articulate it um so yeah I eventually you know they eventually told me like hey yeah you walked in um but it's funny because I did see them also you know picking people up off the streets who were unconscious so who knows I mean they told me I walked in but (laughs) who knows now there was never a name to this place do you know what city this was in At, at some point you walked out of that place yeah. So at some point I did, um, eventually leave. I, I eventually did leave. There was no, um, name or anything. It was just this like self-governed society. Like, and it was crazy because he, it was even to the point where like cops wouldn't even enter. Nobody would enter. And, and if people did try to enter who weren't welcome there, um, they they would just like have to leave. Like we would make them believe Um, there. Yeah. There was no place at some point I did leave. So I, I was there for a while and I actually, what ended up happening with this and I, I wrote this for you. You probably heard a little bit about this in my bio that I wrote for you, but what ended up actually happening is that I was there for a while. I was there. I, I was there for a total of three years and within like a year, all of my friends um, now I I very closely bonded with these people very very closely even though um, it sounds like a little bit I mean my story's a little bit rough around the edges but at the end of the day I look at people like they're still people no matter what they've done or what they've been through and of course I was there really doing basically healing work um, that I didn't even know that I was doing 
with all of these people. So I very closely bonded with all of these people, every single one of them. And eventually, like, I think it was like a year into my stay there. It was crazy because all of my friends started dying. So they would go like back to, you know, street crimes because this place was about battering yourself, even though it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> it was, um, it was a society that was created for people like this who actually wanted to better themselves and, and not live a, a dangerous lifestyle anymore. And all of my friends started dying and it was crazy. I actually experienced even more trauma in that because people were dying so quickly one by one. And sometimes I would find people dead. Sometimes um, they would just die somewhere else. Um, people would kill themselves. People would, you know, all, all sorts of things happened to people and they started dying. And I, I started developing this other trauma around it where now eventually when I left there, I developed a trauma around it where I would just always assume like if my friends weren't answering the phone, like my new friends or people that I cared about weren't answering the phone, that they were just dead. Um, it was crazy. Everybody started dying. And I was kind of left with, you know, a, a year into my stay in this, you know, place in the city, um, I was kind of left like wondering what the meaning of life was. Um, what was going on, why all of my friends just died, literally everyone. I mean, there's, there was only a few of us left and of course new people started coming in, but it like really wasn't the same um, experience after that because I mean, everybody that I just so closely bonded with died. So it, it was interesting. I developed a trauma around it and, and I really started questioning, you know, what is the meaning of life? why are we here? Why is it that people die? Um, you know, I, I couldn't understand why I just experienced a mass death, basically. Like I experienced all this, um, you know, and I experienced this mass death. So what I did, I started, you know, looking for my own answers and just, um, I started getting into, this is when I started getting into all the, I actually was always, um, as a kid, I was always, into all the spiritual things, shamanism, paganism, and, and all of um, the expansion of our consciousness and all of these things. Um, but I really kind of deviated away from that along with every, everything else after I developed so much of my own trauma. So at this point in my life, after all my friends now had died, and I was just kind of like totally taken back by it, I started exploring my my path my spiritual path again that I always felt intuitively that was a part of me as a kid and I started exploring that and I found um you know meaning in it basically I found I found a lot of meaning I found a lot of growth in exploring a spiritual path I I started experiencing now this this might sound a little bit crazy to you but and, and maybe to your viewers, but um, I actually, when I started exploring that, I started experiencing people who had passed on actually coming back to me um, in their spirit form and communicating with me. Um, so basically, yeah, I don't know if that answer answers your question. I kind of went on a tangent there. That's okay. <laughs> but, That's okay. So what I'm trying to find out is you went to this place 
would you know how to get back there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would know. Yeah. So it's not, it's not there anymore. Um, it's not, it actually got, you know, the whole, it was interesting because it was there, I think for like 13 years. Right. And it's actually not there anymore. I think they bought it out and turned it into an actual program. Um, rather than, yeah, yeah. Like a actual legal program. I think they bought it from the person who owned all the property around there. Um, but it's actually not, it's, it's interesting because when I left, um, after a while, it just like kind of disappeared. I do know how to get back there. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's not there. (laughs) Now they made it into something more formalized though. Yeah. So now it's like an actual formal, like it's not all crazy like it was. And what is this um, program called? Do you know the program's name today? No, I actually don't. I'm no longer, I no longer affiliate myself with any of that, any of that, um, you know, part of my past. Yeah. I just kind of do my own work now. So, so my question is, you experienced being a healer when you were young, you get, get into adolescence and you're experiencing all of this trauma and you leave home. And once you leave home, you've experienced more trauma of your own and you get into this quote unquote program of, of sorts, right? And you stay there for a while and you come back to your roots of being a healer and then you separate again from this program. And then where did you go after that? And then how did you formalize this idea of, I want to be a healer. I want to help other people heal. So where are you now? How do that's you- a really, that's a good question. That's a really good question. So um, it wasn't really, um, it was kind of a program, I guess. I, I don't really call it a program. Um, it wasn't really, it was a very, very strange experience. Um, but basically where I went from there, so I left that whole, so after all these mass deaths that happened, um, I left that whole um, part of my life behind me. It was very, very crazy. A lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of, you know, trauma and craziness and, and things that happened. And I left the whole part of my, um, part of that behind me. And eventually I, I did end up, you know, I started very small. I ended up going down, you know, a neighborhood that was like kind of next to this place and I got a job and I got a little, I rented a little room. Um, and I really started rebuilding my life from there. I really, I started with nothing. I started with just the clothes on my back and I, I kind of just started with nothing and had to build everything from scratch. So some of it I did build, build in this place, like people would help out because there was a lot of craziness that went on, but it was also a lot of people, you know, helping me out, you know, with clothing and things like this. And then I, I got a job and, you know, I left and I, I rent, rented a room. Um, and eventually from a room, you know, I, I went and got an apartment and there was just a lot of self-exploration that went into, you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life and, and, you know, 
really what it is that that I'm here for. So when I started exploring all these spiritual paths, I realized that they actually resonate very deeply with me and that that's the kind of work that I want to do. I did go into the human services field eventually. I went into the human services field and I got a job, you know, eventually in that, but I I found that it wasn't really my calling. I always really wanted to just kind of do my own thing. So yeah, I basically started my own practice as far as healing and coaching um, because basically what I do is coaching, but um, you know, through the coaching that I do, I, I'm able to really connect and, and help people heal from their emotional wounds and their emotional trauma. Um, so I, I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but yeah, I, I did a lot of, it was just a lot of self-exploration and kind of staying by myself, learning how to, first of all, be very independent because I kind of, for a very long time, just depended on a lot of people to kind of like be there as my support, be there as my family. And then when I experienced all of these people dying, I kind of lost my support and it kind of forced me into this place where like, now I have to, you know, spread my wings and fly. Now I have to, you know, learn how to be, you know, and build my life by myself um, because nobody was really there to like support me and help me out anymore. And I think to an extent that was healthy for me because it really taught me how to be independent. It taught me how to also connect with my own intuition and rather than listening to what everybody else wants me to do with my life, I started to listen to my own voice and what I want to do with my life. So I started my own practice basically and I just integrate my experience, my total life experience in, you know, being able to read people where they're at, understanding them. And I just integrate, you know, like my, my past self, my current self into my coaching work. Okay. So let me ask you something, Raven, as you do this integration from your past self, current self, apply that to helping others. How in this process have you done your own healing and your own self-exploration? I know that you said you did some deep exploration in regards to some spiritual outlets and understanding and how that resonated with you, um, understanding these other aspects of spirituality and bring that forward. But how Hmm. do you feel like you have worked on healing and your own self-actualization. We don't stop actualizing until we're dead because hopefully we continue to learn and actualize as, as we grow. So tell me a few ways that you have been able to heal rather than just putting a Band-Aid over something, but really be able to heal and, and get reconnected with who you are, understanding the trauma, and, and being able to really truly go forward. Absolutely. I love that question. That's, that's a great question. So I think for me, when I started to really just be with me, there was also a time period too, where I was like, kind of codependent. I was very codependent on other people on men. Um, And I think that when I started to be with me, 
I do this thing and I, people that I work with, I help them with this. It's more of a kind of term that we use in the spiritual community, but it's called shadow work. And basically what shadow work is, is sitting with yourself and allowing yourself to feel everything because most people, what they want to do is run away from the feeling. We don't want to feel feelings of pain. We don't want to feel unpleasant feelings that, that cause us to be sad or that cause us to be angry. Um, but I did a lot of my healing and I do this with the people that I work with. I, I did a lot of my healing just by going, doing my, what I call shadow work. So going in deep into my shadows and feeling them but feeling them to a point where I just let them kind of pass through me. So I don't sit there and get stuck in them and sit in them and fester in them, but rather I feel them and I just let them pass through me and kind of just release all the tension and, and the, the anger and everything like I, I process. And a lot of times I feel like we don't actually allow ourselves to process. We will, like you said, just put a band-aid over what we've been through or a band-aid over how we feel. And it's very, very surface level. It's very surface level to just kind of put a band-aid on it and, and sweep it under the rug. And so I did a lot of my healing by really feeling it no matter how much I didn't want to feel the things that I felt. So how I would do that, how I would bring things up is just, I did a lot of writing. I still do. I'm definitely all the way a writer. I did a lot of writing, you know, in the beginning, I would just write about like things that I've been through throughout my life and just really allow myself to process everything through my writing. And when we do this, it's like peeling layers of an onion. So if we have an onion um, and we start peeling the first layer off, we want to get to the core of the onion. So that's basically what it's like to really go dive deep and, and heal from this trauma is just peel the layers of the onion without any outside noise. Um, and I, I like to, when I'm working with people now, I like to connect them to their own intuition and their own power and help them peel the layers of the onion based on what they think that cause their trauma or what they think that can heal their trauma because that was basically the way I started to heal from things is just by peeling the layers of the onion and using my own inner compass to navigate me because we all have an inner compass and we kind of lose touch I think with you know, that inner compass, because there's so much noise coming in from the outside. There's so many people telling us that we should, you know, do things a certain way or heal this way or heal that way. But I really, I was able along my healing journey to put myself into a, in, into my own, back into my own power through just using my inner compass. And I made the conscious decision to do it this way because I really wanted to experience what it was like to just be back with my own, you know, power and, and just be, you know, call my own energy back in. And, you know, so that's basically the same thing that I do. Everything that I basically did with myself and have done with other people in the past is basically 
what I do today, if that answers your question. It does. It does. So thank you so much for answering that question and, and for taking the time to talk about your journey today, Raven, with me. You've been through so much. You've regained your sense of purpose and being and living and understanding what that means to you today versus what that meant to you in adolescence versus what that meant to you as a child. But yet you still brought forward with you some of those really great aspects of of childhood and adolescence that knowing that each and every single experience you've been through has been something that has brought you wisdom and you've been able to find peace within yourself at this point and also apply that peace and understanding to helping others in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And as we wrap up this conversation, I want to ask you what words of wisdom you would leave the listeners with today. Hmm. So you just mentioned something um, about finding peace and Yeah, yeah, what comes to mind with that is actually that that's what I have been striving for my whole life. And I finally, you know, have that inner peace. And we can all have that. That's something that we can all have. And we're not always all at a state of inner peace. You know, we can always tell if we're at a state of inner peace, because our outer world actually reflects everything that's going on in our inner world. So, you know, if your outer world is chaotic, it's probably because your inner world is chaotic. Um, So we can, I guess my words of wisdom would be that we can all get to inner peace. And that's basically, you know, it all comes back to what I had said in the beginning um, of, you know, that being my mission in this world is, is to breed, you know, world peace and love. How do you breed world peace is just by creating that inner peace within each and every single person. So that's something that's attainable for everybody, no matter how, how big or small the level of peace is that you need in your life. If you are not feeling peaceful, it can be attained, you know, through anyone. Well, thank you, Raven, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. If you'd like to know more about Raven Cooper, please follow her on Instagram at Mastery Mind Coaching. Check out her website at masterymindcoaching.org and check out her podcast, the Mastery Mind Podcast on YouTube. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement, Let's grow and drive change together.